Hi, welcome back. You've again tuned in to Bestowing the Brush. Thank you, and I'm glad you're here. This is the show that gets you motivated to draw and paint in your homeschool. This is a place for resources, for books, videos, tutorials. I have prompts for you, full-length courses, supply reviews, pretty much anything you could want for inspiring your growth mindset in the visual arts, and helping you and your children become humble home sketchers. That's a person who sketches at home, not a person who exclusively draws houses. Uh, sorry for that confusion. So what's on the docket today? Well, it's a smattering of a smorgasbord of subjects today. First, I have a quite encouraging story for you. First, if you were on Instagram last week, I did a live painting session that, I mean, unusually, I was super prepared for. I had all my things out. I had a plan. I was going to do a cool wax resist thing. And then I was going to wow people with the reveal of using a rubber eraser to wipe it away after I had made like a cool watercolor effect for some gemstones that I was trying to illustrate with a cool background. Well, the plan failed horribly. I used an old brush that had black sumi ink in it uh, and I didn't know about that and I stuck it into this wax resist, started stirring it around, and it started to turn it black. So not only did it turn it black, I thought maybe this is moldy because it's so old. Then I still decided to place that wax resist on the paper. It balled up because it was in fact old, like a year old. And then after it dried-ish, uh, I still tried to rub off the wax resist with this, this rubber eraser, or I was trying to do that. And it just, the rubber eraser was like eating away at the paper because it's recycled brown paper and it was leaving these flakes everywhere and everything, everything was going wrong with it. It was sad, so sad, but what did I do? I pivoted. I switched my paper. I kept my drawing model. I gave everyone some advice on mixing paint as I calmed down while I was sketching the new drawing. And then I went slightly abstract in my background, which was still the original goal of my video. I'm kind of notorious for finishing too soon before any background has a chance to appear. So I wanted to try to kind of grow my skills there. I learned a valuable lesson though. I learned the process before showing it to others that I should try that. I should try the process before showing it to others. I It was so funny because I'm usually like, I, I have this plan in my mind, um, but I maybe haven't gotten out all the materials, but they're close enough where I can get it in time. If I start my live right at the time I say I'm going to be there, it's usually fine. No, 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 no. This time I spent an entire half an hour getting my stuff set up in the right place, getting fresh water, 
making sure I had my eraser and my pencil and my my paint palette all ready to go <laughs> just goes to show you that the plan doesn't always work out uh, my high school show choir teacher taught me that the show must go on so let this story remind you that what you try first is often going to fail in fact you should expect it I mean, why do we think we're going to be the best at something the first time we try doing it? Who do we think we are? We're not God. <laughs> Whatever. Maybe it's just a problem I have. I don't know. Do you have that problem? You should email me. Let me know. Do you have this same foolish thing that I do? I think it's a form of perfectionism or at least self-idolatry. To be super exact, we put ourselves on a pedestal and then when we come falling down, we're so disappointed and we're shocked that we fell short. But isn't that weird? I guess not. Anyway, I'm sure you can apply this in many areas in your life. What about homeschooling? There's a real pride killer. Even if you're doing okay with just one student, you're bound to add another at some point and another and probably another to the mix. And then you can't tell which way is up most of the time. And your brain is so split between what am I setting this child up to do independently? What are we trying to smush together and do all at one time? And uh, we're not doing five things that I'd like to do. What's the deal here? But I know you have... I know you have those things uh, in your life, and I'm sure that you're working on them. To bring us back to visual arts, I like what Ruskin says. Here's a Dallas-style paraphrase for you. We must put our full strength out for the task. If the endeavor is beating us, we quit for the day after our greatest effort, and then we say, the enemy is too strong for me today. I won't fight him but I won't lose sight of him. Basically, friends, comrades, we just need to know our limitations and put in our best effort. That's all we can do. Hopefully our effort becomes more sustained and we can gain skill and endurance, but we can always keep our eyes on the prize even when we're too weak to tackle it. There's nothing wrong with that. Personally, I get migraine uh, headaches, tension headaches, and like some of you who deal with other chronic illnesses, we're often made to lie down in green pastures like the psalm says. It's for God's glory, and it's for our good, and we can rest assured that that's true but it really, really hurts. It hurts giving up that control and feeling of competence. Can we just admit we're in need? Can we just pray that God would make us aware of our pride and help us in what he's planned? There's some food for thought for you today. You'll have to reach out. Let me know. Do you struggle with that form of perfectionism I was talking about? Pride? What is it? Laziness? I'm there too. I'm right there with you. These are the things that really, really get revealed in these endeavors that we're doing. Back to my story that I began telling, I really ended up liking 
my second painting. I didn't have much hope for it after my mess up, but it was definitely an exercise in humility and quick thinking. And I saw God's providence unfold. I wonder if any of you would ever be interested in purchasing any of my art prints. I haven't ever done that before, but I don't know. It seems like more and more people reach out and name a price for a little sketch or a drawing that I did. I'm not looking into things yet, but I have in the past at least looked into a little bit print-on-demand websites, and I haven't even planned for what the offerings might be. Remember, I have a habit of not really finishing my drawings, <laughs> or uh, let alone a full body of work. Gosh, that would be quite the thing right now. So yeah, maybe doing something like that would finally push me over the edge, but I have a warning that that project would likely mean me going dark on podcasting and social media so that I could have the time to fully develop my ideas and um, a process for a run of work like that. That would be a huge mental exercise and it would take a ton of extra time. But, 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 I think it could be very satisfying to do that type of deep work. If you didn't listen to last week's episode on deep work, I'm reading the book by Cal Newport and it's, it's gotten really good. I, I liked some of his ideas on, um, I think he called it residual attention where when a notification comes in on your phone or an app is telling you that you got a message from someone or somebody engaged somewhere, um, you have like that residual in your mind as an unfinished task that you need to go address before you can move on to the next thing. So therefore, it gives you this nagging sense that you haven't checked a box. And so your full attention is not at, at the matter on the matter at hand. Um, so then he develops these ideas further, he defines what deep work is versus shallow work. And he's now talking about the styles of deep work. And he's talking about four different types of um, enabling yourself to do the deep work. One was like borderline monastic living. Like you just tell people, hey, I don't respond to emails. I don't call people. I don't engage on social media. I'm not on Twitter. I'm not putting content out. I'm working heavily on thinking deeply about this problem in mathematics or this coding thing or this book I'm writing. And so he's talking about people who do a lot of thinking work, which I really consider art to be a lot of thinking work. It's work where you have to have a lot of downtime and time to fiddle with your media, time to have the time to iterate on what you uh what you're dealing with so it's like you know nobody sketches a work of art the first time the first run at it so obviously it takes time after time again copying your your sketch out reinventing your idea getting critique and feedback from other people too is a huge part of the process i think but all that to say these things 
this would obviously take time. I wouldn't want to just do up some little doodles and, and, and sell them for like $5 each or something. It's not really my style. You guys know. I, I, I tend to like to put my best into something and I, I just wouldn't feel like that'd be fair to you. I, I wouldn't want to do that to you. So anyway, deep work. Check the book out. It I It's good so far. I haven't finished it yet, so I can't give you like a full recommendation. Um, but it's kind of, I'm, I'm relating it right now a lot to what Charlotte Mason says about habits and what she says about the full attention and what she says about downtime and time to process what you've learned and, and, and the chance to narrate it to other people, fully develop your ideas with focus and intention. So yeah, that's what I'm working through right now. So if, if that, if that sounds like that could be something you'd be interested in the future, uh, reach out to me at bestowingthebrush at gmail.com or the contact page on my website at bestowingthebrush.com and let me know. Especially let me know if you have a favorite sketch or a piece I've done and please be specific. Tell me if you saw it on YouTube or Instagram um, or in the course. I do several sketches in the course. I would say several of those are photograph worthy, possibly print worthy. I don't know. I'll check it out. But tell me what, you know, be as specific as you can. Uh, tell me what you think my strengths are artistically. And tell me what you'd like to see more of or maybe what you would specifically want to display in your home. Like you liked, um, I had someone tell me that that rock, that gemstone sketch was cool because it looked like a stoning and that and it looked like rocks in motion, which she was kind of tracking with my idea. I was thinking they were in space, but, uh, someone else said, actually, I really like the color palette. It reminds me of the art my mom had up on our walls in the eighties. And so it was very nostalgic to me. So that was cool. Everybody has their own taste for their own reason. So see more, uh, tell me what you would want to see more of on display in your home, or if you have any other ideas, if you'd like just a print to frame if I don't know if I could even put it on a coffee mug or I don't know if I'd want to do that I'm not sure that that makes much sense I do know there's the option for print on demand things like that so I'm not uh I'm not saying there's not a market for that but I feel like you guys would want something like a nice little print an eight by ten probably they'd probably be small like that probably no bigger than eight by ten nice quality nice paper prints switching gears now I have some notes for you newbies not Katie <laughs> I have some notes for the new people here listening or people who are new to painting and drawing because listen up, you're training your kids in brush care and cleanup is really important. You will really not regret teaching your kids how to clean up independently. I have a great YouTube video, which is also included in my beginner course, and it walks you through uh, 
good brush care routine. If you spend some money on nice brushes for your kids, keep them feeling proud of their materials. Make those brushes last a long time for you by caring for them. This also gives your, your kids a sense of personal responsibility and it helps you to get to painting more often. If you know mom isn't going to be left with a mess to clean it up, you're definitely more likely to get it all out and do it. Trust me. Number three point I have for you today is to be liberal and generous with your paper giving. This is also one way you can fight perfectionism in your home. And I get asked that question a lot. How do we deal with a perfectionistic attitude from me, from my kids? And I would say copious amounts of paper. If you think of your drawing and painting in terms of ingredients, you have your media, you have you know, a model usually or something you're thinking of drawing that you saw, you have a prompt or idea, but people often forget about two things when they're making a drawing, a painting, or other art. You got to think about the amount of time spent and the amount of iterations on your idea. It's kind of like the idea of gesture sketching gesture drawings are quick drawings that you do one after the other sometimes two minutes sometimes one minute and I've done 30 second ones it's it's the amount of time spent on your idea and the literal repetitions of practice that you don't you don't see behind the final product you don't see how many times Michelangelo did a sketch of his paintings on the Sistine Chapel. You don't see what da Vinci sketched underneath his master paintings because oftentimes they're just left to the sands of history and we don't display them in museums. They are like private collections you have to go see or they're in a documentary or somebody has a private collection. Um, So remember every piece of art there's a drawing underneath and there's several drawings underneath that are in someone's sketchbook somewhere. Uh, So you have the amount of time spent and the amount of paper. So that's why in the next point, I talk a little about sketching thumbnails, and I'll get to that in a minute. I know it can be hard to keep loose paper. And I know some of you really like high quality paper. But I recommend finding a mid-grade affordable paper that you don't mind what happens to it. Let your kids go loose on it and any time outside of lessons that they want. Do not micromanage and do not promise to display their drawings on a fridge or a gallery or something like that. I know all kids are different, but you don't necessarily want to have the pressure there for them to try to make capital A art when you really just want them practicing more. Think growth mindset. That's what you have to think about. Speaking of practicing, number four is that you might already have one or both of my video courses, but if you don't, in both of them now, I have numerous prompt ideas for you and your family to work in between the lesson times, in between those videos. For example, I'm going to quickly grab my my sheet here and 
I'll tell you how it works. I have, it's within the PDFs, so it's something you print out. It's one sheet of paper. It is in three columns here. Thank you, Katie Newby, for getting this all organized. I'm not skilled with Excel. I'm not skilled with moving cells around and figuring out how to color code things, and she just makes it so pretty. So thank you, Katie. I have three categories. We have a column of media. Media is things like crayon, brush and water, colored pencil, vine charcoal, black and white media on, on a gray paper, Sharpie on cardboard. <laughs> and we've got the, that was the media. So next we have the method of your drawing. That would be things like doing a blind contour drawing, a memory drawing, or a two-minute gesture drawing. These are ways, these are modes of drawing that are each different and they're each kind of hitting some other different skill. Then the third column is your model. Models can be anything. There's birds at the theater, clouds, a fictional character that you're reading about, landscape, a lemon in front of a green book, and that would be a nod to the Fessily Club papers, prompt number one from W.G. Collingwood. All the students put a lemon in front of a green book and painted that. I think I critiqued 75 of them, so that one's burned into my subconscious forever. So we got media, method, model, MMM, nice alliteration for you. Um, I wanted to mention the thumbnail method. Uh, that would be, for instance, let's say just dragging my finger along the paper here and I land on something. Charcoal pencil. Okay, that's my media. And method. Thumbnails. Three thumbnails of one still life. Okay, but what's my model here? No, it's a still life, but I don't know what. So, bup, 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 bup. my hand. I'm going to do three thumbnails of a still life of my hand. So I'll maybe move the position of my hand each time or maybe frame it a little bit differently each time. The world is your oyster with these drawing prompts. They're meant to be open but to give you kind of a definition for here is what I'm doing. And I just have to tell you, a sketchbook is wonderful. If you're the mom learning, it's still October if you're listening in, in real time here. And you should go over to Inktober's Instagram account and screenshot those ideas. Because that's gold, people. When you don't have any decision making to do, that's a real barrier removed completely. So you can just sit down at your table you can already have your sketchbook out. And what I do is I set a timer for 10 minutes. And that's all I expect of myself. But often, it is a diving board into a 30 minute sketch. If I just do 10 minutes, if I just do five minutes, you can nickel and dime it when you're trying to create a habit of drawing every day. If that's if that's your goal. I understand that that's not everyone's goal right now. And I understand if you're listening to this podcast, and you're like, wow, this is way too much. This is over my head. I am totally intimidated by that. I get it. Um, this is not something that's super common. Not a lot of people 
grew up drawing. Not a, a lot of people really branched out, especially if they had a teacher who poo-pooed their drawings or told them they weren't creative. So sad, by the way. Um, but this is a barrier removed for you, these prompts. And these are, they were in such high demand when people saw them in course two that I got so many emails saying, could you please have one for your first course for your beginner course? I love that idea. So I went and I made a sheet for you guys, which has a lot more beginner things. The ones that I mentioned today are from the second course. So they do have things like colored pencils and I do introduce ink a little bit. And uh, we, these are some of the things and methods that we talk about in my drawing course is setting up a still life, how to capture some thumbnails, how to starkly light your objects and do a, a few studies that way. So that's all in the intermediate course, which by the way is called Brush Chalk and Charcoal, Framing Your World. And the beginner course is called Brush Chalk and Charcoal, Foundations and Drawing. Those can be found on my website at bestowingthebrush.com click on courses and you will see my beginner course there as well as the intermediate course here in the next month I'll be uh, optimizing my website so that I can have everything a little bit more organized and laid out better so that you can see everything and get to where you're going but I do have sample videos I do have links to where it's a total course breakdown breakdown telling you what's in the video and it has uh, frequently asked questions as well as supply lists with links because I know those are super convenient to just get transported to Amazon. You can put it in your cart. You can have everything ready to go. Believe I put the highest quality but most budget friendly things in those lists and I'm not in charge of what Amazon charges so maybe that's changed. The, that at least gives you an idea for what to look for. And okay, that was number six item. And um, well, here, real quick though, I, I did want to say that with the sketchbook, it's up to you. I like the spiral bound ones that do have a hard back because if you're out and about, Sketching with something that has a hard back is not as flimsy, and so it's a little easier to just pop, prop it on your arm, do your sketch. Um, I like the paper to stay in the notebook. I don't like perforated edges, but if that's your preference to be able to take the page out, that's fine too. But we do also just have a lot of floating around the house free paper that was like a legal sized paper from an estate sale that we got a long time ago and it's very very old it's like 20 years old paper and that's great for narrations that's great for just having some paper around to cut up or draw on or whatever so just all the paper just provide all the paper that you can pen and paper that's all you need all right number eight a final housekeeping item you who have brush chalk and charcoal foundations and drawing or framing your world the intermediate course you have purchased that on a platform called gumroad and if you've put it on the shelf and haven't dusted it off yet there's absolutely no shame in that it happens 
But what I recommend is if you're ready to take the course now and you, you bought it a while back, maybe you got one of those sweet discounts when I launched the course. I recommend going to Gumroad and making a profile. So you put in your information just to create a login. And that way, when you log in, all your videos from whatever you get from me are already there in your library. You won't need to go searching for anything in your inbox to retrieve a link. And if you keep 2,547 emails in your inbox like I do, then you can search Gumroad and find it in there in an old email. And if you just need your receipt again, I can always resend that to you, no problem. But I do recommend getting that login on Gumroad. Um, but use the contact page on my website if you do need your receipt sent. Some people have also needed um, invoice or not invoices, but receipts that have a. Um, I I think it might be for the charter schools who are using the course. They need some sort of like logo and address and more of a whole like laid out receipt or proof of purchase. If you need something like that, just let me know. I have a little template that I've been uh, typing up and sending. But, all right, that was the list of things. That was a lot. It was kind of a scattershot, so hopefully you were following there. Coming up on the podcast, though, I've interviewed Tilly Dillahay. She's the author of Broken Bread and a book called Seeing Green, which is don't let envy color your joy. And you may have seen me post about either of those books on Instagram. Very good. And she was so encouraging about the topic of envy when we chatted on the podcast. So I decided to pick her brain about it. And it's a good episode. I think that one will be next week. So tune in for that. Then other than that, my husband wanted to come on the show. He wanted to accompany me for a couple episodes. Possibly this might be a short series of episodes. We had some things we wanted to tell you, and we always want to encourage you with homeschooling. If you don't know, my husband was homeschooled K through 12, and he turned out to be a wonderful and productive member of society with mild to moderate social skills. <laughs> And he can tell you about what he does. He's an artist by training, but now he's a CEO of a small plastics manufacturing company that he started last year in the middle of a pandemic, in the middle of a borderline medical crisis that we were going through. And he calls it Kingsville. Right now they make dice and dice molds for artisan dice makers. You can look him up on Kingsville Dice on Instagram. But... Also, if there's something you'd like to get our collective opinion on or to hear us banter and argue and talk back and forth about stuff, that's kind of the point of those episodes. Whatever you want us to talk about, it, whatever questions you have, reach out to me with your questions or ideas for the topics that I can discuss with him. I'm really happy, but also kind of weirdly nervous to have him on the show because it's not not like I've interviewed him before. So I know some of you homeschool with support from your spouse. I know that 
some of you don't have much support from a spouse. And I think a lot of you are varying degrees in between that. So those episodes might be excellent episodes to share with your other half. Just an idea. I don't know. It's kind of like the podcast Charlotte Mason says. I don't know if anyone listens to that, but it's a husband and wife. And they read a chapter of Charlotte Mason and they discuss it afterwards. And I love hearing the two of them talk it through. They do a great job. And I just like hearing their thought process and their narrations and their discussions afterwards. So I'm, I'm sure it'll be something like that. But you can also kind of get to get to know us a little bit better. And that's it. I'm signing off. I hope you're motivated to start or continue a drawing habit to make a new handicraft maybe, or to become an unprecedented force of nature with capital A art skills. Whatever the case, I'll see you next time and happy drawing. Okay though, but earlier, the messing up story about the wax resist, here's the funniest part that I didn't even mention yet. (laughs) I was trying to encourage my kid in a hard math lesson one day, he kind of grumped and he ended it with, I'm just not good at math. And I told him, now son, what happened the other day with me? You just have to hear about it. I told him the whole story about the wax resist and the ink and then the, then it was balling up on the page and it was a dis- disaster. It was the guts, the glory. And then I said, so does this make me a bad painter? And he looked at me, and with a very serious and sober face, he said, yes. So there you go. <laughs> I won't be quitting my day job. And remember, this is my side gig here, people. <laughs> I full-time homeschool. And those are the types of feedback that I get on a daily basis <laughs> from my kids. Out of the mouth of babes. I laughed so hard about that. There's nothing like trying to improve your imposter syndrome when you have that type of encouragement. Gotta love them. All right, I'll let you out. Talk to you later, guys. Bye.